This episode is filled with spoilers. This is your official spoiler alert. Thank you. On today's episode of Nostalgia 101, we get taken to nerd school by Jen Sabchakchai Bankard. Schools. <laughs> I have nothing to say. <laughs> Welcome to the Nostalgia Test Podcast, the show where two longtime friends put their mainstream pop culture past to the ultimate test, the Nostalgia Test. Yes! Oh my God, it's going <laughs> to say it. You overthought it, it's okay. I overthought it, but it's going to say Everyone, welcome to the Nostalgia Test Podcast. Um, I'm Dan Dissinger. Here I think everybody should be starting to to, to judge your uh, intros, Dan. It's time. It's judge time. my intros. Cut in on the intros. <laughs> like, it's like, like I'm talking a- over you on this one. <laughs> guys, we're here at the Nostalgia Test 101. It's Nostalgia Test 101 episode. I think that's what we're calling this one, right? Yeah. yeah right. We're oh, getting yeah. schooled, uh, schooled today in, uh, I guess, nerd culture. Right? Is that what we're calling? Like, it? I feel like everything popular nerd culture now it's all it's popular now now it's is it now that popular that you can you even call it should you even call it nerd i mean it's cool to be a nerd now i don't know it's very confusing confusing times (laughs) absolutely i mean that's i think what we're here to learn about right i mean in the last few episodes of nostalgia one-on-one we really opened up the floodgates of trying to not just be funny on this podcast but you know learn something both of us need to like you know, learn about what we're talking about, but also there's so many amazing people out there that are um, in the conversation, creating awesome content and also just like uh, like expanding the conversation. And I think that's what's been fun about these episodes. But we're here with a amazing guest, a friend of mine, a colleague of mine, someone that I think is doing some really awesome work out there with uh, on her website, uh, The Long Take. Everyone needs to check it out. It's going to be in the show notes, so everyone needs to click and read and share and sign up. Support, support this stuff. But we're here with Jen Subchakchai, banker. Jen, thank you so much for being here. No, oh, thanks for having me. Uh, I am a, I try to at least be a fairly regular listener. I always have a good time <laughs> when I, when I tune in. Oh, thank you. I, we, uh, so we, we have another guest coming up too, like, we have some guests in there like, oh, we listened to this episode. We listened to this episode. And I'm like, that one had good sound, I think. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Don't listen to the first episode. Even though the, the one episode. I remember the most is Hook because it was a movie oh. that I have fond memories of. And then when I'm listening to you break it down, I'm like, this is a weird movie. I don't remember how how little this makes sense. Jen, when we when I rewatched that and then we brought up in the episode about the mermaids and the mermaid kind of kissing cpr scene that was when i looked at it and i was like okay we there's a problem here this is a major issue (laughs) here it's a two-hour movie that i have no i can't even believe was two hours um but uh i mean but we are here to talk about all things that's actually out there right now which is really also exciting too right so uh why don't you give the audience you know tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you do and then we'll just jump right in 
Sure. Uh, so by day, I work with Dan at USC. I teach writing. Uh, and, you know, by night and, you know, like Batman style, I am writing, writing, writing. And uh, I have my own sub stack called The Long Take. It sort of just started as me posting to social media when I watch stuff. And then what happened was that I think it was the beginning of 2020, I sort of made this commitment to write more regularly and and to really do it. And that sort of just naturally evolved into getting the Substack and posting regularly. And now, you know, it's it, now, now it's something that I do all the time. So, it, you know, I always tell my students that, you know, you don't, especially the ones that are creators or artists, that you don't have to hang back and wait for someone to let you create what you want. We're in an age where you can just go do it. And I sort of said that to enough students that I was like, why am I not just doing it? So that's sort of how it, how it came about. So I cover, you know, all the stuff I like to watch, mainly Star Wars and Marvel. Those are the sort of the two big juggernaut franchises that have new content coming out all the time. But anything else that's kind of generally considered nerd culture, I try to squeeze into like House of the Dragon I'm covering right now. And Andor, I think, yeah, House of the Dragon. We're in peak TV. <laughs> the time of peak TV right now. House of the Dragon, She-Hulk, Andor. And Rings of Power, I haven't caught up with, which makes me very sad because I'm a big Tolkien nerd. But I'm hoping to to catch up on that once all the other stuff dies down. Are you watching uh, Werewolf by Night? I did watch Werewolf Night. I loved it. Yeah, it was, I haven't got it was, so I'm I'm like I'm kind of into it, and obviously I got in I'm like kind of in and out of like uh, that culture for a while. I can't get into the House of Dragon. I'll tell you why in a second, but I saw noticed that one night was on when I was on the Disney uh, plus app. And I was like, how come I don't want to hit this yet? Like, is it, it's good. You're saying it's a good, it is very good. Yes. Good. It, what does that tie I don't, into? I don't think so that's the thing is it's pretty standalone. Okay. And that's kind of nice about yeah. it. I mean, it does use a couple of characters. Like it uses characters that if you're deep into the comics that you will recognize their names. Um, or their or their faces in some cases, uh, but it is kind of this like really self contained, you know, love letter to old school horror. And when I say old school, I mean like black and white nineteen thirties, like oh, wow. yeah, like old like original Dracula kind of. Oh, I was gonna horror. say yeah, like oh, wow. oh really? That's yeah. cool. So yeah, it's shot cool. almost entirely in black and white. It's got a really kind of like Hitchcock suspense feel to it it's got monster hunters there's a lot of kind of implied lore yeah i was really surprised yeah it it yeah so it's right now it doesn't have any sort of major implications mm. for other things going on with marvel at the moment but i think it's yeah it works it works really well especially yeah so if you like old school horror but not like me like you like spooky but not super scary mm -hmm. it's, okay that's it's a, it's a good sweet spot for that yeah i think i'm gonna i'm gonna go into that because i i just finished i am watching andor um, I, I get most of my reviews and like, what the heck did I just watch? I like, like I said, like I was never really a Star Wars fan. I liked Star Wars just because like, you know, like the big movies and stuff. But I was never like I never really got into it until probably about four years ago or five years ago. And then I like I I, I listened to all my reviews on um, YouTube. Um, New Rockstars is where I get all my info about like what did i just watch and how does it right. connect to anything it's easter egg right? city yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> like i could do like in, in, like eric boss is my is my guy to be like all right wh whatever he says might happen like because he does a lot of predictions that you're like wow he got most of this right yeah. um so like with andor first of all I, 
I like the the pacing of the show. I just get confused a lot. Like I need to watch episodes like two or three times to be like, mm. what the heck did I just watch? So it's like I let like everybody say like they like it, but I'm like, but this is like there's so much going on. But at the same time on the screen, it doesn't seem like there's a lot, but you're like, what? But so much that like one scene might happen. You're like, this is affecting so many different things. And I think it is cool to see like a different class structure in the world of mm. Star Wars mm. that like we were never used to, you know? Mm. So. Yes. The focus on bureaucracy and sort of how the inner workings of the empire and all that to me are totally fascinating. And yeah, like an, a side of Star Wars we haven't seen. I mean, if you go back to what George Lucas said about the prequel trilogy, that's sort of what he was going for. Mm. He he wanted to get into the poli- the deep politics of the Star Wars universe and talk about like, you know, sanctions and taxes and like all the like international relations <laughs> yeah. between planets and all this sort of stuff. And I think this show is really delivering on that in a big way. But you're right. Like, so what's really interesting about Andor is that there was a report that came out a couple of days ago that it is the lowest viewed really? Star Wars show on Disney Plus so far, wow. which is bananas to me because it's so good. Uh, but, you know, I think part of it is because of what you're talking about, where people I've heard from multiple people that they feel like they're not getting it. And they assume that's because they haven't watched a lot of other Star Wars. And it's mm. actually not that it has nothing to do with that. I think it's because I think you can, as someone who knows a lot about Star Wars and has watched everything, <laughs> sometimes multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like the, the, what it's asking you, the work it's asking you to do as a viewer actually doesn't have to do with Star Wars canon a whole lot. Wow. Um, so yeah, I think there's I- some sort of weird, like mis miscommunication or yeah, misunderstanding think, of why people are not getting I, it. I have to agree with that because, like, I think um, we've been used to that everything that comes out has such a deep meaning. Like, it has to go along with all these things that you're trying to, like, figure out where you just could just, like, watch this. Like, it's just people who are trying to go out undercover to, like, help other th- other factions. And, like, I guess, yeah, if you... If, like, like I said, like I, I watch Eric and he's like telling me the in the museum or like that, that um the shop that what's his name owns. And he's like, you could see all these different Easter eggs of what's what. Oh, that's the shield from, you know, episode one. Yeah. And that's this and that. But like, if you don't know that you're still like enjoying a show about like mm. trader traders and, and undercovers and people who are like really are trying to fight against the 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 empire but like in a very secretive way and not so like loud like luke and and leia and stuff like these guys like they had no idea like if you i don't want to spoil what's going on but like the thing that happens you're like you're doing you're doing well you're doing well keep going yeah they just had like no idea so like i do but i i was frustrated a little bit and i i this is the one show you can't double screen yeah, I find myself double screaming all the time. Me and my wife yell at each other like, "You're double screening." Um, you can't on end hmm. if you're so if you're double screening, you miss the whole episode. You're just like, I don't know what. I, I know people who like to watch it with the captions on for a very similar reason because they have to kind of catch everything. Uh, yeah. So to me, if I were to try to, and I, I might start doing this soon because I want the show to keep getting renewed and because I like it, uh, and so I want to spread the word if people aren't watching it or think that they shouldn't watch it, and. You know, it's I would compare it to something like The Wire, 
Like mm. if you remember the the wire has yeah. so many characters, it's sprawling, oh right? God. It's this sort of like, you know, the phrase that I like to use in my Android reviews is ecological structure. Like it's so there's mm. so many players and they're all kind of interacting with each other directly and indirectly. And you can't, you have, you have to really sit with it and they, it's not going to give you any easy answers. You have to infer everything right you have to be like oh this person said this to this person that means that later they're going to go over to this person and do this other thing right and so i think if you go into it with the mindset of it's like a prestige hbo show mm-hmm. like that uh but it's star wars it's just it just happens to be set in the star wars universe i think that helps a lot in terms of how you watch it yeah if so, you're going yeah. if you're going into it thinking it's going to be mm-hmm. the mandalorian where it's like a shoot which i love too uh a shoot up you know you know western samurai story right like with that's very action heavy and has a very different feel to it like you're going to be kind of like huh what is this yeah Uh, because it's so different so do you feel like what you do on your website is review or not because the way you're talking about this it it doesn't seem like to me it's just like a review right like when i look at your the what you're doing like and i'm thinking it through like what we like this idea of like um as a teacher or an instructor or just as writers, right? Like as a writer, it's, it's like, what is it like you're doing more now? You're like, you're unpacking. There's a lot of unpacking going on. You're creating like vocabulary, just like the way you just explained this idea of the, you know, something ecological and like creating this webbing of character. Uh, to me, like what you do is, is larger than that. So when you got started, was that like the idea, like as you went into your first and second post, like I'm not doing reviews, I'm doing whatever you feel like it is that you're doing. Yeah. I think in the podcasting world, at least the phrase that people use is deep dive, mm-hmm. I think is probably the best thing I describe to describe what I'm doing. And I didn't necessarily start with that intention. Part of it is because I, when I when before I had the site and when I was doing just the shorter version of it, I, uh, as a, you know, social media post, I would have so the short take and the long take, which I still have now. So that's how, that's kind of how it started where I was like, hey, what's the tweet length? review of like (laughs) do you want to watch this uh you know heavily inspired by siskel and ebert like the like okay if you were like should i watch this yeah because part of the the sort of flood of of great stuff we have now the problem is that like it's hard to decide what to Mm. what to what to spend your time on uh and so i was trying to make the short take the sort of like grab and go siskel and ebert thumbs up thumbs down do you want to watch this who should be watching this who's going to like this and then the long take sort of allowed me to sort of breathe and be like okay like let me dig into like what i really want to get into and sort of mm-hmm. break this down in a way that kind of bridges the gap between me the hardcore nerd who has seen everything and knows everything and can tell you all about all these other stuff i watched and how it fits into that context and then and sort of bridge that between me and the sort of the fan but more of a casual fan mm. um, who, who sort of like Manny said is like, what did I just watch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's really interesting because now with these big IP franchises, there's this whole secondary, I don't want to say industry. Cause like, I don't, you know, I don't, my site is free. I don't make any money. There's little, literally no industry involved for me, but yeah, I'm, I'm a part of this larger discourse, I guess yeah. maybe is the better word that, that co- the secondary discourse that, that helps everybody understand the primary Hmm. But I Show. think that's like so. Um, websites like you are are indirectly helping these all all this right. Like without yeah. without people like you trying explaining a little bit and being like, 
okay, here's for like the super nerds and here's for the people that are kind of like getting into it. Um, you're allowed, you're almost a lot helping them promote the show or market or like make it easier to take in. Like, because some, some people might just be like, this is just way too much and I'm never going to catch up. So I'm, I'm done. I, I don't care. I don't want, I like, I want to watch TV and not think you're able to like make them. Okay. I'm going to read this quick. Yeah. I want to check this out. And then if I really want to know more, maybe I'll read the long take to know it even more. So it makes it like easier for me to take this in. So now I enjoy it. Cause then I don't feel stupid watching the show. Like, yeah. It's also, <laughs> but I also of- think that there's an opt in part of that where mm-hmm. if a show really is successful to me, it sh- you, you shouldn't have to do that. You shouldn't have, I mean, I want everyone to read my articles, obviously, yeah. but you shouldn't have to do that. Like I want to be part of the conversation, but yeah, you like, I think a show is successful when it can pitch to both levels mm-hmm. and let people opt in and out of what they how much, how deep they want to go with it. But sorry, Dan, I cut you off. No, that's okay. I mean, because I was thinking like the idea of like what you do and like kind of moving into this question of like, you know, how something like it's, it's more than that, like what you do on your website and I guess what other podcasters do and writers is like, is develop that the cultural part, right? Like there's the, like there's the, the product, which is the movie or the show. And then underneath that, that makes it kind of like even more substantial are the those like subcultural or like cultural aspects that like or the the culture or discourse that creates the substance underneath it, the debate, the I mean, the old debate in Star Wars of who shot first. Right. Like with Han Solo and <laughs> like who would come up with Han that Solo's other than nerds. Right. Yeah. Like and yes. I'm saying nerds in like the nicest way being like. No one thinks that, but then when you put that out there, it creates these sub narratives that then develop other characters. And then you can like build worlds off that. So I'm kind of curious, like in terms of like this idea of how nerd culture has become so much of popular culture, like did you ever see that coming as you were like a kid loving these things? And then how do you think that happened? I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's a big question, but like, maybe like your best understanding of it. I think part of it is just, we all grew up mm. and now we're the ones in charge. I mean, not uh, literally, the, not literally the three of us, but <laughs> unfortunately, but you know, uh, yeah, I think that's part of it. And the example I will use is the prequel trilogy. So when I was a kid, the Phantom Menace came out when I was in high school and I was so excited. I was just, cause I had been just wearing out my original trilogy VHS tapes. I was so ready. I'm like, I get to be, and I, you know, I was born, I, I'm generationally uh, adjacent. I was born in 83. Um, so I'm right there with you. Uh, and I, so I, I had missed, you know, Return of the Jedi came out in 1983. Yeah. Uh, so I, I hadn't been around for a theatrical release of a Star Wars movie. And so I was so excited. And I, you know, to be 100% honest, I I walked out of the theater every for every three of those movies, just smile, huge smile on my face. Loved every minute of it, right? I had, you know, like people gave me, Star Wars merchandise, like for my birthday, some my I got a Jar Jar Binks inflatable chair, like the whole thing. I was like, I was all in. And then what happened was as I got as I got older, the critical backlash of those movies sort of hit. And then I kind of had to go into hiding a little bit of like, oh, I guess it's not cool to like these movies. But now we've come back around because yeah. when Obi Wan Kenobi series came out uh, last spring, the Ewan McGregor and Aiden, Hayden Christensen went on the press tour 
And every interview, they sort of were totally astounded by how much love and praise all of these people were giving them because mm-hmm. they were like, does anyone remember what was what it was like when those movies came out? And like nobody liked them. <laughs> Everyone yeah. was mad. Well, right? that goes back to like, you know, as time passes, people put, you know, you you paint a better picture of what the past was like, right? You you know, like it's it's been long enough that people actually like are longing for that kind of like feeling, you know, like the, yeah. this, this goes back to like what our podcast is about, like nostalgia, like and, and especially the nostalgia one on one shows that we've been doing, just like talking about what that does to you, like everyone that's going to see them. It's like, oh, my God, I remember being a kid when this movie came out, even though it got so much crap. Like it's like but that was their childhood. That's our childhood. Like yeah. you like you said, you went to the movies, you got everything. And it's like even though it got so much crap. Now everybody's like, oh, no, we missed you guys mm. because yeah, it's a, it's a longing. And it's like, right. OK, it wasn't that bad. And, you know, like you clean it off and you just like paint. You only show the pretty parts, you know. Like, um, <laughs> so, yeah, for me, it's sort of like I'm able to the critic part of my brain can acknowledge mm. what doesn't work about those movies. Uh, and there are some things that do not work about those movies. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> And then there's a part of me that's the the fan, that's the nostalgic fan, that's able to still enjoy them, enjoy the characters, have a fondness for them. And what's interesting is that I have, so I'm kind of in this in-between state, I think, because I can sort of live both lives. Mm. But if we ask, uh, if Dan and I ask our students, if I talk to students about Star Wars, they're, they ask me to rank all the movies. And I oh. put the prequels kind of far down compared to, you know, especially compared to the original trilogy. And they they get so upset. They're like, Revenge of the Sith is my number one Star Wars movie. Wow. Okay. They're like, how did how did you put it that how did you put it that low? Wow. And so it's just a whole. It's just so interesting because then we start talking about it. We like the same things about it, but it's you know they just have a very different perspective because that's yeah they they even have even a stronger nostalgic connection to it Mm. um, than I do. So it's been interesting for me because with Obi Wan Kenobi coming out. And all of these younger people, a little bit younger than me, coming out of the woodwork, showing so much love for the prequel movies. It mm. was recently the Attack of the Clones 20th anniversary. Yeah. And there's all this love. And I'm just like, oh, I'm back in it. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I can like these things again, you know. It's yeah, like- man. I mean, they were really that, that you're saying that generation, your kids, your teenage, your college students <laughs> were probably like real, real kid, like. Yeah. Real kids. Like not that yeah. we weren't real kids, but like they were like tiny. Like right. if I if I was I, I don't want to do the math. I'm not gonna try to do the math. But you know, yeah. I would yeah, if I was if I had been in high school, they would have been, you know, in elementary school or something like that. Yeah, so right. like they're remembering that. Like that's like trying to say, like, if someone was kind of say to me that like I'm trying to think about like if you tried to say that this movie was bad, and I'm like, no way. Like, you know, Little Mermaid. And someone was like, oh, it's that it wasn't that great. It's like, what are you kidding me? Like, that's my childhood. Like, that was like, was so, <laughs> like take that back. I know every single song, you know, like mm-hmm. so like to them, they probably just remember being, you know, like they they were like experiencing the the the, the I don't know how to say it, like that, like the Toy Story aspect of it, yeah. you know, like, yeah, so like that little boy, you know, when he's flying the little like the the racer. Like they were that little boy, you know, so of course they love it. Right. And that's how we get Lightyear, a movie not made for kids. (laughs) 
let's not let's not get into that. I don't. Know, I, I I should. I almost didn't bring it up for this reason. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm it was worth it. I actually want to. You know what? There yeah. are parts of like that nerd culture or nostalgia to me that like plays nostalgia plays on nostalgia or does it like the when the rescue rangers movie came out we did the trailer only i didn't watch it main so I, I didn't get through it or you but i didn't I, I want fell asleep to. three times i felt like it was doing something on purpose to me that i was like i'm not falling for this yeah. but i feel like when it comes to some of the stuff that you write about there is a real i i feel like there's um in the terms of the creators of those shows a love for the material and so right. they going... were the kids too. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's the thing is that we've all grown up. And so now we get to sort of, you know, play with our action figures in the sandbox, but with a film budget. <laughs> yeah, basically. Exactly. Um, I've had, whole, I've heard, I feel like I've read interviews where people have said basically that. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's really interesting because, you know, I think part of the, to go back to your original question way, way, way back yeah. of why, why is nerd culture now mainstream? I think with these big IP franchises, it's because of nostalgia. It's because, mm. you know, uh, that's what that's what's making them in demand. Mm. But it's also creating this really interesting storytelling problem where, you know, you have to both tap into the nostalgia. You have to have the fan service and the Easter eggs and the, the you know, the winks and the nods. But then you also have to create something new. Because mm. if we think about something like The Force Awakens, when that movie came out, people were like, Star Wars is back. It like rekindled some feeling that they had. But then, you know, a couple months afterwards, people started talking about how it basically is just rehashing a new hope and is not doing anything new. And it's only mm -hmm. giving us the nostalgia, only giving us the fan service. Um, so that's not enough in in fan discourse. People want both. They want They want to have it both ways. They want to feel that feeling again but they want something new and original and creative. And it's really hard to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as time passes, it's, it's gets harder and harder. Right. Right. Cause especially yeah. with these longstanding franchises, everything you add affects everything that came before. And they're oftentimes, you know, with these prequels and stuff, they're oftentimes sequels, prequels, everything they're coming They're The chronology of the timeline is not the same as the mm. release chronology. And so there's this weird, weird patchwork that all has to be like have continuity. Because uh, mm. I know, I know this is an anti-reboot podcast. Uh, <laughs> so, so I'm not talking about reboots necessarily. I think that's a different thing. Like, right? Of it's like, different. oh, we're gonna do this again, just in yeah. a modern setting or whatever. We're gonna do Ghostbusters, but with all women, right? And, but, but franchises are different because it's an, it's an incremental. Mm. It's like accretion. It's like, it's like every story gets added, and it has to fit perfectly with everything else. Sure. Yeah. Like I, I definitely don't really like reboots, but I like, I don't mind a good um, sequel slash continuation or prequel or like, just like, ex just tell me, like acknowledge that the first one existed and make a world around that. Mm. But like trying, I hate when people try to like, just like reset and pretend as if like that world didn't work. And then mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. or just redo it. Right. And it's like, to me, it's not a, it's sometimes just too terrible to do. So I, I mean, there have been some good ones, uh, few and far between, but yeah. I feel like uh, I have the sound bite of you being like, just stop the reboots. <laughs> yeah. It goes in my head every once yeah, in a while. Yeah, because especially 80s reboots, you can't, yeah. there's yeah. so many movies that you just can't reboot. Like, it's just not possible. It was, it, the movies were made at the time, the culture, everything the writing everything was happening around like the drugs that were being used like there was <laughs> there's a reason why those movies work but like 
For instance, um, Maverick. I loved Maverick, but Maverick wasn't a reboot. No. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. like that was a pure sequel that to me was done really well as in the nodding, the like the, the winks, the nod and a continuation of what that franchise, if you will, is now. And like, how does it work with our culture now? You know, and uh, I thought I thought it, I thought they did a great job. I mean, we were basically. Did you see it? I have not seen it. It's like my big shame from the summer. I never I'm got glad I asked seeing you it. because I was about to say you're about to spoil something <laughs> kind of. Yeah. But there's a reason why when you talk about nostalgic, when you watch it, you're going to be like, especially when you watch it, you're going to be like, oh, there's a reason why a lot of people like this movie. Because okay, there's yeah. stuff that is happening that is in our like collective nostalgic want. And we just remember and there's a reason why I mm-hmm. think it did really well. And it it hit all the bell, bells and whistles, mm-hmm. winks, nods and everything. So I think it was really done well. I mean, yes, it was. There's definitely cheesy movie. It's Tom Cruise movie. There's going to be cheesy <laughs> one liners and Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise. But like it was still it was still a, a good one. But there yeah. they do. They do some bad reboots and they say they do some bad stories. Like you said, like there are sometimes like let me ask you. I know we're all over the place, but you obviously like Star Wars. You, you like Marvel, yes. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Did you like She-Hulk? I love She-Hulk. I thought She-Hulk was great. Yeah. I love that it was almost like, I almost don't need them to always tie into each other. Mm-hmm. And then I like that this was a little different feel. What I'm jumping to is, did you like Love and Thunder? I did. Not as it, you know, it's not my favorite Marvel movie. But and I and I feel like it was a it leaned a little too hard in the Taiki Waititi humor. Yes. Uh, for 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 my taste, I enjoyed it when I saw it. But yeah. as I'm walking out of the theater, I'm like, that was a lot of Taika Waititi. Yeah, I I loved it in the theater, and I thought it was great. But like to me, it didn't fit with any part of the universe. Like mm-hmm. and like why they made Thor almost become like this like airhead. Like even like the movies have progressively made him like not a god, in my opinion, like the way he thinks, like it's like he's, he wasn't that stupid in the first. Yeah, one. he's got strong Our, himbo himbo energy now. Yeah. like uh, What are you doing to him? And yeah. he wasn't. So like that it. actually was be- I have a behind the scenes answer to oh. that. That's because oh. Chris, uh, Chris Hemsworth was like, I'm having the worst time playing Thor. Like, you know, oh, his character's really? so boring. And like so serious, like can we please kind of revamp him a little bit? And so when huh. he got together with Taika Waititi for Thor Ragnarok, which they I told, was... they they basically rebooted the character, yes, so that he was more lighthearted, kind of like self aware. So I like the the Ragnarok, but I think they dumbed him down even more. More for Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. feel that they can do more? Like you know, like with comics, like you know, people take on the story and then they maybe write a new narrative. And even if they kill a character, or you know, especially with Batman, what they did with Batman, like when Bane, you know, breaks his back, but then you bring Batman into another story, or Superman dies, and then they bring in all these other things. Like, do you feel like that? 
in terms of how Marvel movies work and Star Wars and things like that, that they are taking that on much more. They're looking at how comic books kind of worked with these multiple narratives. And they're like, okay, we can do this. Even if something happens like, and a character dies as in a beloved is a beloved character. There's so much more that we can do. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's where we're headed, that that's going to become more and more the case. I think, you know, Marvel just recently introduced the concept of the multiverse through mm-hmm. a couple of shows, Loki and what if, and uh, you know, the, the the foreshadowing is that the the villain that's going to kind of pop up everywhere uh kang is sort of like he's a he's a like a multi-dimensional time traveler right uh and so the idea is that eventually when they start running <laughs> running out of stories or like painting themselves into corners with the current storyline that they can sort of set up well this is earth 626 this is earth 823 you know like they can sort of set up these multiple realities yeah. where there's multiple storylines story come going on at the same time much like what happens in comic books um and i think with the the disney plus tv series i think a lot of the critical discourse has really focused on the pacing and how much like how much happens in how many episodes and like whether it's too rushed or if it's too slow or whatever and i think that you know, I think it's the kind of them working out how do we how do we tell comic book like stories, but mm. on screen. And I think that because if you read a like a five issue comic book run, yeah. right, it's like tons of stuff, crazy stuff happens and it's over. Right? Yeah. Uh, and those some characters may you never may see again. They might pop up in something else. Right. And so I think that's kind of the model mm. they're working from is they're like, well, like we're Marvel comics. Like, let's tell stories like we would tell them in the comics, sure. uh, but adapt them for screen. And so I think pe- if you know, that's that's sort of where the misunderstanding comes from of like, oh, like as an adaptation, this doesn't work. Yeah. Unless I, you think about it as a comic book. I've noticed like so like I watched uh Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness and uh while I was watching it, I was like, if you didn't watch what if, would you enjoy this movie? Mm. And I think you would, but like I I got more out of it because I had watched what if, which I thought was a great show. Um, and I was like, wow, there was a lot going on here, but I see what you're saying now that like, oh, this is how we're going to be able to justify changing stories to mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and let them on and like, not let, and like the main street, let, mainstream, let's say the people who aren't the nerds let's, or, or used to what comic books are like, this is how they're going to be okay with it. Because like, oh, well, that story happened in that universe, not in this one. So now we're back to the regular one that we're used to. But at the same time, this is going on here. So we get to make another movie with, you know, Wolverine in it. It's like, well, how? And it's like, well, because we're here. It's like, yeah. okay. you know, <laughs> I'm so happy. And if, you, if you go back to a lot of the 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 original Marvel comics or the vintage ones from the 70s and 80s, they citation is a regular practice right in the panel it will say like you know see issue number whatever of but you know like of avengers blah blah blah, right and and so it's sort of the the expectation is that you are dipping in and out but like you get more out of it if you go look up the other stuff 
Oh yeah. wow, that's right. So we, so I'm, I'm, I want to even take us back just to be like, so which comics, like as a as a kid, were you into? Like, were you a, were you an avid comic book reader? Was that something that you did, or is it this? So I, I was not actually. So I can't kind of. I've come at it a little bit backwards. So mm. for me, it was growing up with the first comic book movie. So those original Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, the mm. original X-Men movies that came out in the early 2000s. So that was my, you know, and then of course the Genesis with Iron Man 1, like the Genesis of of the MCU. Um, so that was kind of my, my entry point for superhero stories. Mm. And then it was sort of after I got it really into those movies that then I went back and started reading some. So my, my comic book knowledge is very spotty, <laughs> um, but I always really enjoy it. So um, and I, I always get a lot out of it when I go back and read some of the stories. So what, what I'm trying to do now, I'm not very good at it because there's just too much content coming out and I have to write. Uh, but I, you know, when something's about to come out, I'm tempted to read the source material so I can mm. sort of see how it pans out. And then that's sort of how I decide what I'm going to be reading. Like I did, I managed to do that with Hawkeye. Um, and that was really great because so much of that was like comic book accurate, like down to the framing of certain shots. So yeah. that was really cool, uh, to see. Um, but, but there's a disadvantage to that too of like if you go in knowing too much then maybe you you won't get swept up in it <laughs> right 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 I, I like that show i thought that show was fun yeah. i think that i like that it, i like that it was like christmas time and it was kind of shot like a christmas movie <laughs> yeah i'm tempted to cool. make that like a holiday tradition rewatch That's, i feel yeah, like that might, it, it might it hold feels up that way right it does. It, it does. feels like it's designed mm. for that because there's yeah. like, you know, the, the the holiday feels are so prominent in that show. Yeah. Mm. There's something so great about superheroes. Like people are so into it now. It's just become so much more a part of our, the way we, even with actors, like getting a superhero movie or whatever is like a big deal. I mean, I remember when the first, we, I mean, Manny and I went, to the theater we saw the first spider-man movie i feel like mm-hmm. i remember very specifically sitting there when it was over we looked at you like oh my god like yeah that hit me hard like i don't know yeah. what it was yeah. but it i but then it was especially with the x-men films too because i used to read the comics and watch the the television show i mean it was like super into that card yeah I mean, I love the. It's coming back, X Men '97. Oh, it's coming back! I'm freaking out, but it's so crazy that like these things are coming back, and these were the things that like I wouldn't, I would tell you there was like a small group of people that you talked to about it. Same thing with like tabletop games, like Magic the Gathering. Loved Magic the Gathering. Didn't, uh, didn't want anyone else to, Dan has to put that in to, every i have to because it's super nerdy <laughs> that's your main nerd cred that is my main nerd cred. Magic <laughs> he loves the magic the gathering. <laughs> i want to start playing magic the gathering now like again, i think i played one up. time with you and it's so much like, fun this is way too much going on it's so much my fun. my partner john is a huge he would get mad if i didn't mention he's a huge magic the gathering collector oh uh, really so he's got he's got all the rare cards that you would be like oh man like he has yeah He's got binders and binders of magic cards. Oh my God. It's amazing. But what's funny is like those things are mainstream, like where people, especially like Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop games are making a huge comeback. And this kind of more, uh, maybe like I'll ask you, like, do you think that there's some other part of like this idea of like creating narrative, right? Like, cause a lot of these like things, especially tabletop games, there's narrative involved. Mm-hmm. It's like building a narrative, build a world, be a part of it do you feel like that's also something that new new people coming into those spaces are gravitating towards and if so like what is it that they want 
out of it maybe or you can you know yeah that's a great question i think part of it is the fact that it's transmedia so the fact that within star wars you can go play a board game you can go play a video game you could read novels you can watch the movies you can watch the shows you can read comics it's everywhere Mm -hmm. and it all ties together in some way right Mm -hmm. you know and and every you know you could talk to two different star wars fans and they might have completely different orientations to the canon because of like whether they've just watched the movies or if they've only read, they've watched the movies and they've read the comics or they, you know, read all the legends books, right. Mm-hmm. That are no longer Canon and get salty <laughs> about that. Right. So, like, uh, so there's, it's really, really interesting. I think that's what, what is the big draw to people is that it's such a, it's so rich and there's so many possibilities for storytelling within a particular universe. Right. That's why it's called the MCU, the you know, Marvel cinematic universe, because that implies that it's expansive and that mm-hmm. it, you know, the stories could go anywhere. And every and I think what we're seeing now, especially with the Disney Plus series, uh, starting to, to kind of really pick up momentum. And, and there's so many, like, they're not going to stop. The Marvel train is not going to stop anytime soon. It's just like show after show after show, movie show, movie show. And, and now they're starting, you can see with Werewolf by Night, with She-Hulk, they're starting to experiment a little bit with genre, right? It's like, we're dipping a little bit into, you know, we're going to make a, a, a half hour lawyer comedy. Uh, we're gonna oh, make so a black funny. and black and white movie, right? Um, I mean, they uh, did that test hum- with WandaVision. I thought it was phenomenal, like the way it was shot and like the, you, everything was nostalgic. Like it's, oh, it's yeah. all like and like what you were saying, how expansive the the universe is. There are people that play the video games, and there's some storylines that are going on that you would only know if you played the video games, mm. which yeah. is crazy. So built, yeah, built into it is kind of this reward system. Like you are rewarded as a fan if you recognize something. For me, it, within Star Wars, uh, I've watched all of the animated series. Oh, wow. which you know, like not mo- you know mo- most the average, at least the actual ca- average casual fan has not watched those, right? Like Bad um, Batch and stuff like that. Yeah, Bad Batch would- and Clone Wars and like all those. I I love all those shows. Rebels is probably my favorite one, hmm. uh, and. There are now the characters from those shows are popping up in the live action series. And mm. so, you know, to uh, uh, Cad Bane is a really good example. He showed up in the book of Boba Fett, otherwise known oh, as the yes. Mandalorian 2.5. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Them, I and, they, they were like, this show is not going anywhere. We need to put Mandalorian <laughs> in here. Like, like what the show was about. It was supposed to be about Boba Fett. He can't. That actor just can't. He can't carry a show. I like what's the g- woman in that um the, oh, his, like, sidekick. amazing amazing she yeah. needs that she needs her own show she's so she's good. she her character is originally from the an, the animated series oh there you go okay. she's an animated character before she was yeah. a live action character so, so you so, you yeah, were gonna talk like, about the cowboy guy right the, oh yeah cad Bane. yeah so when he shows up right to most people he's just this like cool looking menacing clint eastwood like alien right yeah uh and you don't really need you don't need to to understand what his role is in the story in that in Book of Boba Fett. You don't really need to know much more than that. But for me, I saw his silhouette and his hat, and I was like, "Is it? Is it? Is it Cad Bane?" <laughs> and then he rolls up, and it's just like, "Yes, that's amazing!" Because awesome. he and Boba Fett have this like have this history. Like, there's a you know this is a really deep cut because it wasn't even actually like a show part of the show that aired. But there were there are these lost episodes of. Um, clone wars that show that he was he kind of adopted boba fett he was like his mentor uh he taught him how to be a bounty hunter 
Um, and so, mm-hmm. so for me, when I'm watching that scene in Book of Boba Fett, there's so much meaning that's that I'm being rewarded. I'm, you know, it, the show is like, we see you. Yeah, we see that you put in the work, you put in the time. Yeah, and now we're yeah. gonna you're make you really happy. Yes, wow. that's that's crazy. So like, there's so many layers of uh, who we're gonna make happy, and and right. it, it is like you say, like I didn't know who he was, but he looked like a badass character when he showed up. I was like, dude, this guy looks crazy, and he needs his own. Like, why did like I was upset, like how I guess quickly his story ended, but did it though because mm. like isn't there like a question mark question mark yeah that like he he might still be alive so it's like yeah, in star wars no one is ever really dead yeah i feel like they do like, that to be like you could even that. see you know you know darth maul i guess spoilers for for things that are really old but you know darth maul gets sliced in half and he comes back so yeah yeah i feel like they do that also because like they imagine that's like a test to see like if people really like this character and we could do a spin-off or we could do more with them. We will. Like there's like you said, like it's it's a, a train that will not stop. And like, do you feel that it's too watered down or you're just like, keep it coming? Yeah, I'm the type of fan who's just happy to be here. I'm just like, keep it, keep it coming. I'll watch it all. I'll mostly like it all. I'm I'm kind of an apologist when it comes to things that that critically I know aren't perfect, but I they made me they brought that feeling that nostalgia mm-hmm. feeling for me. Okay. Um, so yeah, Book of Boba Fett, I, I, you know, if someone asked you, did you like that? I'd say I loved it. But if you ask me like, was it the best Disney plus Star Wars show? I'm going to be like, all right, like let's sit down and talk about it. <laughs> like, um, it what were some of the issues? Right. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, and I'm able to kind of live in both of those spaces. I think not everyone is though. Like, so, you know, and that's, that's actually a really interesting part of sort of fandom right now is that there's kind of like, people who are like just let me like what i like and then there are people out there who are like you are wrong like yeah you know this movie was bad this movie was good like and it's it's such an interesting it's an interesting time i had uh, an an assistant um brewer who was like really he he would fill me in like he has tattoos of star wars and stuff and he's like the worst people in star wars are like it's like to me, I compare it to like surfers, like surfers give surfing a bad name because they're like <laughs> locals only, but they want to chill. And it's like <laughs> they want everybody like Star Wars. And then they're fighting amongst each other about like, yeah. good, like, no, that wasn't good enough. It was like, but they just they made a live action show of this and you're still not happy. It's like, well, he didn't follow everything. And it's like <laughs> his lightsaber was supposed to be yellow. Like, what are you doing? Like, so it was like, it's just he was just like, I hate Star Wars fans, even though I, I am one. So <laughs> that's the part about like kind of the idea of like it, it back you know years ago with nerd culture was like the really intense fan right and it's yes. kind of like liking a band and then they get too big and it's like i hate this band they're too popular <laughs> yeah. they're not like, cool anymore they're not yeah. cool yeah. anymore but they're still yeah. gonna put good music out and you kind of like force yourself not to like it or you're just like well, well you only like this album you came in at this point but i feel like the way you've been speaking about this in this episode, it's like the worlds are so expansive. Everyone has their entry point and everyone gets to enter where they are. And the access is there for you to kind of go back and like enjoy this and that. And even rewatching things to get the Easter eggs. Right. Like, I think like sometimes I feel like because I know sometimes I'm really behind on a lot of things to watch and stuff. And I'm like, do I even should I even dive in? But then it's just like, why not? Because like it's always it's going to be there. I'm going to be able to enjoy it. And it it's just, you know, it, it's also like sometimes I feel like people like try to rank their own like mm. 
rank their fandom and be like, I'm the best fan ever because of X, Y, Z. Yeah. I mean, I've been in many conversations with other fans, you know, the, the ones that I am friends with and interact with on a regular basis are all very gracious and will correct me if I'm wrong about something or whatever, but I've definitely been in conversations with strangers like at conventions and stuff or waiting oh. in line for like a toy or something, you know, like all, you know, all the crazy things that I do, you know, who, <laughs> who try to assert their fan dominance where they're like, well, well you I know, this, the, you know <laughs> I don't know. Makes them feel better. I don't know. So I mean, actually that's... as a fan, and I think, you know, not, you know, to add another layer as a female fan, I right. think I've, I've kind of grown up being really self-conscious about my mm. fandom and and my, in particular my encyclopedic knowledge right if i talk to casual fans they're like wow you're such a star wars expert if i talk to other star wars hardcore star wars nerds i feel like oh like what if i say the wrong thing uh like what if i get something wrong and i, I like that's a weird source of anxiety for me yeah um and so i think that's be- partly because we like fandom has this weird like who's the best nerd <laughs> right Added, are there like, shows? Is there like actually a sh- like shows of like a like a there should be like a game show of like like trivia knowledge like Jeopardy of Star Wars like see who that would sounds be so like- stressful. Yeah, it sounds stressful, and I feel like people would just scream at the host, be like, "You didn't yeah. get it right. Like yeah. you're but wrong." I was gonna but, ask you that. It depends bit, on yeah. which world you're talking about. But to bring it back, because I feel like we've mentioned She Hulk a couple of times, but haven't actually really talked about it. I think the yeah. genius of She Hulk is that it brings. It says out loud all of that stuff, right? It's like the it it points to fan like it fandom and toxic fandom in particular, yeah. right? And all the commentary. It so it shows social media comments about mm-hmm. She Hulk. It's so self aware and kind of like tries to confront the discourse about about certain fandoms um, well, kid, in a way that I thought was really smart. Yeah, because like I was going to say the even, robot. <laughs> yes, sorry, that Jane, literally has a like a black cap like kevin feige yeah <laughs> so Dan, have you seen you haven't seen it i've seen a few uh only like episode one and two and oh uh, my god but it was great when i when i was watching it i thought it was interesting though when she became the hulk how her hair changed and everything like she like got styled like she became styled when she became the hulk and when she goes back to human form her hair becomes curly and like when she's the hulk her hair is straight and really quaffed in a way and it does like you said like it does make that for me like it's good to hear that it's self-aware like that because there there is a commentary like if you're a woman superhero there are things even in the aesthetic that you must look like while fighting all these things like there have been screenshots and 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 people talking about like like how uh, like how certain women were even animated in the old x-men uh like show where rogue doesn't even it looks like they just painted her her what she wore on her and she basically looks naked but like this thing is painted on her where gambit's just wearing a trench coat the whole time and it's really interesting kind of like the dichotomy between that because i was going to even ask you like with your website uh you know and like writing about this this idea of like it you know keep it do you have is there an extra pressure because you're uh, a fan but like a fan like a woman who is putting this out there in the public that you're just like that people that you know that there's going to be an extra um i guess close reading of it do you feel like when that happens or do you just like i know what i know and i'm really confident about it obviously you are but like that like you don't care too much 
Right. I think I haven't had to think about it because I don't have enough people reading it yet, (laughs) to be honest. So it's like mostly people who are my friends (laughs) reading it. So they're all very supportive and they, you know, they're, they're the the healthy kind of fans to interact with. Um, So, but yeah, I mean, I do, I do have to think about that because one of the, actually for She-Hulk, one of the things I was worried about going in was how it was going to portray her as a female superhero. And Mm -hmm. the idea of like, because the trailer in particular made made it seem like it was sort of like they were going to go for like a almost like a sex in the city sort of vibe of like oh she's she's hulk but she does girly thing like she, you know yeah. i don't know it's hard yeah. to explain no, yeah. um because they they picked the things that she's like there's someone complimenting her body and like it was just a montage of weird things i was like is this it didn't give me the best impression of what the show was going to be like. And I was pleasantly surprised uh, and it ended up being really sharp and witty and satirical Mm. and sort of like taking on those stereotypes uh, in a way that was really, was really good. Uh, So, so hopefully, thankfully it worked out, but I'm like, who cut together this trailer (laughs) and and thought this was the way to market this show? You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. That's on my other podcast. I'm writing remix. We do actually, we've interviewed someone who does trailers and it's, it's really interesting to think about like how they want to market something, even if it's not, that's what he talks about marketing something that wasn't good and having to cut a trailer that kind of tricks the audience. So it's kind of feels like maybe in that case, like, are they going to, can we cut a trailer about a satire, like something that's very self-aware, it's satirical, it's, it's common, it's got some commentary and stuff, but really we're talking about, who are the people we got to get in first, right? Like, and it's just like, let's trick that, like, very, I don't know. And as yeah. a man, that kind of is insulting too. Like, you're trying to trick a, uh, like, a male audience to be like, oh, is this what it's going to be like? And I feel like in those, but I don't know if that's insulting be because like that. they are marketing towards, like, like, I know, but they you think were saying, men of only being this way, <laughs> like, this, like, right. like, oh, I mean, unfortunately, perfect. I mean, I, I, like, yeah. To, to speak of like what you're saying, like how the comic was used to be drawn and how like a woman superhero was going like uh, they were probably saying like, well, most of the people who are reading this are men. So, you know, men, the majority of men could be animals. I'm not I'm not uh, speaking like the everyone is, but like they're like, all right, let's just do this because this is mm-hmm. going to get the majority, you know, like the uh, unfortunately sex sells and. Or fortunately, depending on which sides you're on. And they're like, oh, yeah, let's like you say, like, let's make this preview like Sex in the City, like, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. get people to actually watch it. But then be like, well, I'm here and this mm-hmm. is not what I thought it was going to be. But now it is actually enjoyable. So I'm going to watch it. You know, like I, I, I love the show. I think it was done really well. I thought that that whole like Kevin Robot. Like it was great. I love like. Yeah, don't spoil it for Dan or uh, all of our listeners. I guess. Uh, yeah. I, I just realized I, we didn't do any spoiler warnings or anything. Yeah, yeah. Like Dan, <laughs> Dan could add that in, in, in right the, in the beginning of the episode. I, I, I do. I do love like how like um the like you said like they comment on like how she's like going through her story. She's like, no, I'm going to tell my story the way I wanted to like, Oh no, you have to do it this way. And it's like, cause there's such a formula, but it's like, well, we could switch it up. Like, it's okay. Like we don't have to do what everybody else wants to do, but at the same time, we could give them a little bit of what they wanted, but mm. not everything. So yeah. yeah. So what's interesting is that you know a couple again a couple because I I listen to lots of podcasts about this about Marvel and Star Wars stuff and uh, and I read lots of you know Hollywood Reporter articles and things like that. 
and two behind the scenes thing that make that kind of add interesting layers to it. One is that originally the first episode was supposed to be later in the season. They were going to show the, her origin story and bring in um, Bruce Banner much later. Okay. And I guess, you know, Marvel, the high, you know, the the Kevins of Marvel were, (laughs) were like, no, we gotta, we actually have to move that to the front because, you know, they didn't say why, but I presumably because it's like, people are going to get into the show because they're going to come for Hulk. They're going to stay for She-Hulk. Yes. Right. And, and, you know, so the, um, and then the other thing is that apparently, because there's an interview with Jessica Gao, who's the head writer for She-Hulk, um, and she she wrote the Pickle Rick episode of Rick and Morty. I don't know if you oh, uh, my are God. familiar with that. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my God. Which like, yeah. So if you if you've seen Rick and Morty and you have not seen She-Hulk, you probably should because it's like a lot of the sense of humor okay. um, is similar. And, and uh but but apparently in an interview, she said that she was really like struggling with how to end the show. And she was like, you know, I feel like this is what's this type of sort of action heavy slugfest is sort of what's expected of me, but I'm, I'm doesn't feel right for the character. And then she went and talked to Kevin Feige and he was like, you don't have, why, why do you think you have to do that? Like, mm-hmm. and so, you know, how much of that is like the marketing machine for Marvel being like, see, we're not just like this. We're, we're not, you know, <laughs> we're the ones coming up with the, the AI Kevin joke. We're not the ones we're not actually, you know, yeah. we aren't actually the algorithm formulaic wow. cookie cutter <laughs> producer. Right. So that might be them trying to play interference a little bit, who knows, but you know, the idea that like that she had, per- she got, she got permission and got encouraged to create the ending that, that made more sense for the character, made more sense for the show and sort of like poked fun at, marvel uh i think was really mm, great wow sure wow okay wow well man I, I feel like we can keep going but we unfortunately well, i could sit here and talk about the yeah like, i know it's just but... from behind the scenes of like uh you know uh the winter soldier and you know falcon <laughs> well, like... i would i mean last i mean i would like to could just like one last question like is there anything that you're um excited about that's coming up or things that you've just started kind of like digging into um that you're just like this is going to be you know something that you know something exciting you know as i'm going back to which i don't know how you write all of this i am i am like blown away by the fact that that even happens but i've learned to write on my phone is (sighs) the answer wow uh and and i sleep less (laughs) than i used to the other half of it Wow. Um, uh, yeah. Otherwise, like, actually, yeah, I don't, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to make the time. Yeah. But, it, yeah. but the nice thing actually for me as a writer is that built into this, like, you know, an episode drops, you wait a week. There's actually like a de- deadline built in. Mm, uh, it's trickier right. with like, so for, for instance, I never wrote about Stranger Things because mm. it dropped all at once. And I was like, this is too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Where the, the like one episode a week gives me this like flow. Mm. Of like, okay, like I gotta, I have until, you know, I want to get it out as soon as I can, but I have until the next week's episode to right. to get this out, um, and so that helps a lot too. And people seem mm-hmm. to really like that the the collective experience of, you know, watching a show, consuming all the criticism, seeing people, other people's reactions to it, and then anticipating and speculating what's going to happen next week. What yeah. does this mean? Like, I think yeah. there's that's that's as much a part of the entertainment as the show itself. In a lot I was I was gonna ask you that, like, what. Do you like the the episode drops or just like the once a week thing? And and like there there is like um I'm like I'm a team of both like where like I was watching Wrexham FC with Ryan Reynolds and um, Rob uh, Michalili 
Is it that is that the where he has his own football team? Yeah. So a it's, it's a soccer team in, in Wales, a football team. Yeah. And the they were dropping it once a week. And I was like, I just want to see it all because we're in see there were in last season and the team is already playing this season. So if you follow the team now, you know what happened because of whatever. But the, the, the documentary series is amazing. Um, but that I would wanted a whole episode, like all the episodes dumped. But I liked the She-Hulk like once a week. I like it because I go back with Dan. Like it brings me back to being nostalgic where everyone isn't at episode four or like, oh, I watched it all. I stayed watched binge watch Stranger Things. It's like everyone gets to talk about it for like a week. It's like, oh, did you see it? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I saw it. Oh, this is great. And then this and it's like, oh, I can't wait for next week. So like at least then you have like a couple of days to have a conversation with people instead of going, well, I can't talk to you. I already saw the whole season, you know, and that kind of sucks. Right. Or you have to do the thing where you try to feel out how far along the other person is. Like, yeah. So what just happened in the last episode? Oh, don't tell me. No, no. Like you have to. It's so awkward sometimes. I was like that with Stranger Things because I was on vacation when it came out. And I watched like four of the episodes and my niece had like watched it all. And she, like she started talking. And I was like, stop, just stop, just stop, just stop. And like th- you can't even like look at stuff online because people are doing memes. And you're like, what episode is that from? And that's where it gets annoying, where I that's where I do like the the once a week thing, because then at mm-hmm. least you're not like seeing the final episode posted on Instagram because somebody had to be the one that spoils it. You know, at least then it gives you like, listen, man, the thing I released two weeks ago, if you haven't seen it, that's your fault. You shouldn't be listening to this podcast, you know, like kind of thing. But like, so it is tough when you do one one of my favorite uh, pop culture podcasts other than this one (laughs) uh, is um, the Ringerverse. uh, Oh, yeah. They they do. Their spoiler warning is hilarious because they're like, I guess we have to do a spoiler warning for. an instant reaction to something you know something we've seen because you came here for our reaction and we have to warn you and then Mm -hmm. you know he's like this is a reaction podcast yeah like like he shouldn't like very bitter like he shouldn't have to yeah like shouldn't have to tell you yeah it's like that's why you're listening comedy show and like people get offended it's like we're at a comedy like i've like i've been there where the guy's like it's this comedy show right yeah like like i've actually had to kind of figure out how I want to handle spoilers in my reviews, because like I was saying earlier, like to do the thumbs up, thumbs down, should you check the the recommendation function of like, should you check this out has to be spoiler free, but at the same time to really do the deep dive analysis, it's so so hard to do it without mentioning spoilers. And so I've kind of had to, originally I sort of started out by saying, okay, well I'll do, I'll do a spoiler free as long as I can. Yeah, uh, and that just kept getting harder and harder to do. So now I just sort of like usually if if it's the first episode of a show and people haven't checked it out yet, then maybe I'll I'll do that spoiler free. But then after that, I'm like, no, I have to just get because yeah. because the the writing professor in me and the kind of English <laughs> literature nerd in me is like, I need to do a close reading. I have to I have to be able to cite specific <laughs> exactly. examples. And if I and, and inevitably yeah. that is going to you know produce spoilers, and yeah. I don't know how to fix that. Oh wow, wow. So yeah, I mean, are there things that you're excited about that have, that are coming oh, out? Yeah, yeah I, I was trying to remember. Know. I'm like, he asked me another question. What no, was that's it? okay. Uh, so so the you know, I'm always trying to evangel- evangelize uh, Star Wars animated shows, but 
I think what's going to get lost in the shuffle because of Andor is that uh, on on Wednesday, I think they're airing on the same day, is a, a, a new animated series called Tales of the Jedi. And it, they're animated shorts, uh, and it's sort of like an anthology. And what they're doing is they're going back to the prequel era and following Count Dooku and Ahsoka Tano. Uh, and, and from like as their kind of origin stories uh, and from you know I, when I heard first heard about this I'm like that sounds cool and like I'll watch anything Dave Filoni creates because he's Star Wars hero uh, he's like the lore master he's he's keeping it all together um, he's the one he's one of the, pe- the two people behind the Mandalorian um, and all the animated shows <laughs> and, and so I was like I'm in no matter what but I was kind of like I don't know what this is but I saw the trailer and it it brought again to go back to nostalgia it brought me back to what it was like watching the original Clone Wars animated series um and how rich and kind of like and it, it does it brought back a feeling mm-hmm. uh and so I think it's going to be you know really big especially with people who watch the Clone Wars um and and uh, you know but it's also going to it's the yeah release dates for all these shows is very confusing because they all kind of started coming out at the same time and I think House of the Dragon won because it was first, and then other people, and then people started watching that, and then they're like, "Oh!" And I'm I'm guilty of this too. Like I haven't watched Rings of Power yet because I'm just like I don't have time. I'm already committed yeah. to these other shows. <laughs> um, so so I think that that you know Tales of the Jedi is kind of like a thing that's not going to be on people's radar probably. Oh. So if you're a Star Wars fan and you haven't, um, you don't know about that, that's a good thing to check out. Uh, obviously, Wakanda Forever is probably yes. my most anticipated movie of this year. Would be my I can't guess. wait. Uh, it looks so good. Um, and, and, and I went from being like, this movie can't be good just mm. based on the tragic circumstances surrounding it. And kind of like there were production issues, like there were delays, yeah. there were all these news articles coming out of like, uh Oh, and then once that trailer came out at Comic-Con, I was like, Oh no, mm. we're good. We're good. This is going to be amazing. And so I hope that, I hope that ends up being true. I'm just that, yeah, that's probably my most hyped movie that's coming out soon. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, and then I'm trying to think of other shows. What's weird is that like after Andor ends, there's going to be kind of like a little bit of a lull. Like, so Marvel is, is the next thing Marvel's doing is a holiday special guardians of the galaxy holiday special. Oh God. They didn't learn their lesson from the star Wars holiday special. I don't know. know Who knows? Hope maybe it'll make jokes about that. Like, we'll see. She helped (laughs) me set a precedent now that (laughs) uh, anything could be meta. Um, (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, there's going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which I don't really know much about that or what to expect from from that. It might just be a lot of Groot like dressed with like a Christmas tree or something. <laughs> uh, and then I think it isn't until the spring that um, the next series, Secret Invasion, starts, which looks really good. Um, the cast for that they got like Olivia Coleman, Oscar winner Olivia Coleman is in that show. <laughs> like, how did they do that? Um, so yeah, that that I'm also looking forward to. Uh, but there's the, yeah, with this winter is going to, as far as I can tell, it's going to be kind of like a, l- a little bit of a lull. Um, okay. Wow. Last thing before we go, I know we got to go, Dan. <laughs> um, you have brought up Lightyear. I want to know just, just your feeling on it. So I haven't finished it. You haven't. So, yeah. So I don't know how well I can answer this question. Well, what happened was. Why haven't you finished it? Because I tried watching it with my kids. Okay. And they were like. They kind of were like, this is too scary and or they had too many questions. And I was just like, this is not worth it. <laughs> <this> right <laughs> you know, what I mean, they were they were like, well, what's because they they love toy. They love Woody. They love Buzz. They're into yeah. the Toy Story movies. And so I was like, oh, great. And so then I started watching this and I think it was too mature. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my kids are three and, and almost six. 
So okay. it was like, it just wasn't the right. And so, and then, so we, we tried to watch it failed. So I've seen the beginning uh, and it seemed fine. Uh, but also I was kind of like, what is, what are, what are we doing? <laughs> um, I was confused. I, I've, I've, have not seen it because i had no idea what to do with I, it i saw it at the theater uh because obviously i was like i can't wait this is going to be the movie that andy watched and like made him fall in love with this character and i was like i came out of it as not i'm not going to spoil what happens uh, i thought it was a little bit of like how is this the movie that the child got so obsessed with this character like it was supposed to be like it was supposed to be like Luke Skywalker. Like we were watching Luke Skywalker and we got the Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. toy. Andy was watching Lightyear and was like, I can't wait for Lightyear. All right, the kids right. were watching. Right. And I was just like, it was good, but it was just like what I had watched seemed very sad. <laughs> which is not was, which which is now Pixar's is, trademark. Like a Pixar movie can make me cry in under thirty oh seconds. Oh dear God! Like yeah. Just, yeah, no, yeah. It, it is set. I mean, they they know how to do that, right? They know the the the, the they love waterfalls. It's like, um, but I I, th- I thought they could have done. I was I guess I wanted more, and I didn't want the toy buzz, but I wanted that the obsession of Andy because, like, to me, I was Andy. Did you want it to be kind of more? Like lighthearted adventure. Yes, mm. I wanted to yeah. be a kid. Like Andy was yeah. what eight, nine, right? That wasn't an eight and nine year old movie. That was maybe like a teenager's movie. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I'm like, didn't the play? Yeah, part of me was like, maybe I should just go watch The Martian instead. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So like, I was the, the way I was reading it, and it, and I guess I got too meta about it. Was like, and I was like arguing with my. <laughs> I mean, they were asked, like, they're inviting that they're inviting it yeah. because they're like, this is the, you know, go back to Chris Evans's original tweet where he's like, this is the, I can't even quote it properly. Cause it's, it was so weird. Like he's like, this is the movie upon which Buzz Lightyear, the toy is based, but it's the real person. Like he had some convoluted explanation and yeah. clarifying what the movie was. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, Dan and I said, it. I was like, we're, we're watching the movie that Andy watched. Like, so he went to the movie to watch this character play this real life character play and, and we're we're watching it and then they they made a toy on it so it's not and everybody was like oh well i wanted more of like the toy but the toy was its own character it's a toy it's just a toy and i'm like going back and forth <laughs> but like you crazy. said like but i wanted to see like um I wanted to see a lighthearted, like I could have seen like a Finding Nemo type of thing. Like it wasn't that lighthearted. It was, and there was like, I, I can't, I can't say more. But I'm just like, yeah, there was just stuff in it that I was like, this is a lot for a child. I mean, P- yeah, Pixar has has become known for the existentialism, yeah, in their stories. There's right? A lot of messages, of like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, Wally, so, like Wally's like, whoa. Like we're not that far we're, living that. we're living that like, we're living it yeah we're living it yeah like they don't even we're touch each it. other like oh god it was crazy yeah no it's it's definitely it's uh, but yeah i think that's a the that's a really interesting case where the franchise has grown up and it hasn't worked out really right because mm. pixar is sort of on a down i i was i mean i still will watch and enjoy pixar movies but i i'd say in terms of pop culture like guys pixar is a little bit on of a downswing Yes. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that's because the movies have matured too much with the audience. Um, yes. Wow. Because I think uh, if you, like Toy Story 4 is about Woody having uh, a midlife crisis. 
Dude, but Toy Story 4 was one of my favorites. Like I mean, way- yeah, it's really I love Dooku Boom all day. Like I, you know, uh, yeah. but but I but I, but if you think about the content of it and the story and the oh, yeah. of, the themes and stuff are very are more more targeted at the adult who grew up watching Woody more than a new yes. generation of kids kind of getting into Woody. Absolutely. That was not that movie was for us to say goodbye. Yeah. Mm. That's what it was or like some maybe like my niece watch it and she felt the same way she's she's 18 and she was like oh my god this is like what i'm going through right now like going to college and like leaving my like my teenage years of like saying goodbye to them and like growing up so it was very much for that mm-hmm. um and it was kind of like the second goodbye because like that we we said goodbye to andy in the second one and now we're, we we were saying goodbye like buzz and his best friend were saying goodbye to each other. And it was like, all right, we're done. And I was like, all right, if they had ended it there, I would have been like, all right, I mean, that that's what needs to be done. It's over. Mm. And I was expecting so much more from Light, Lightyear. I, w- I wanted more. I wanted more. And, and I didn't get, I would have loved to just like, I know I'm a, a 41 year old, but I wanted a child's, like I wanted my niece and nephew. I think to be you like, wanted a Saturday morning cartoon series with Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. Annie yeah. is having a moment. Yes. I'm like yes. sitting here watching you, like just try to. Because I was, out so I was so upset. I was so upset. I wanted. It, man. I wanted it's my ne- nieces and nephew to be like, "Oh my God, Lightyear!" Right. Well, like, maybe and it's they not will. gonna happen. Like at some point, nah, it's not gonna get happen. it. I, I look, Manny. I think it's all gonna and be you, fine. It's not gonna happen. Just you can't have them do, watch the earlier movies. It's fine. and you can't do Woody because like yeah. Woody's like character was like way older, you know, like based on like his yeah. gr- Andy's great like grandfather gave him that toy. Jesus so. Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I just <laughs> we need to have you back on Jen immediately because <laughs> okay. like sure. Because yeah, we could talk. We talked about everything. We could talk. We talk we, we, I want to talk about Toy Story because like, that's a great franchise. Because this has been such an amazing conversation. I cannot wait to like for I hope everyone is just getting so much out of it because I, this is why I love this podcast, because it's like the, these types of exchanges, because this is what as a kid I wanted to happen. I wanted to be able to be it'd be okay to be these this excited about these things that like I looked at in my attic and like kind of was just up there like watching something so no one like you know was like you're still looking at Punisher comics or like you care about like these movies so much you care about the original Star Wars more than this one because the explosions look different they added this stuff in like I was that person but like I'm so glad that we have these spaces now but thank you so much for coming on I am like so grateful i'm glad we made it happen tell everyone where they could fi- uh, find your website or again you know also if they any social media or anything so that they can read your amazing amazing um a site sure i appreciate it so it's the longtake.substack.com and if you're not familiar with substack it's sort of a hybrid blog and a newsletter platform so you can go to this that that site the long the longtake.substack.com and all of my reviews are up there to sort of browse but if you subscribe and it's free then you can get the new reviews that i'm putting out right to your inbox so people usually like this because if i'm covering a show that's weekly right it'll come you know a couple whenever i get to it a couple of days after i've seen it after it's dropped then you can sort of get my breakdown of it uh and relive it all over again um so that's that's where my site is where you can find my writing um i'm also on social media uh at sup chokchai s-o-p-c-h-o-c-k-c-h-a-i uh and that's on twitter and instagram 
And usually I'm posting, if I'm not posting my reviews there, because I do do that, uh, I'm also posting uh, Star Wars toys. <laughs> usually Admiral pop up. Akbar, mostly. Like, you, that, yeah, that's, that's true. I do, in the month of August, I do uh, Akbar okay. August, where every day I post something about Ak- Admiral yeah, Akbar, because yeah, he's my he's my favorite minor Star Wars character. Oh. Uh, and I have, a, I have an absurd amount of Admiral Akbar <laughs> figures and merchandise. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it's usually Star Wars, Star Wars stuff that I'm collecting, um, or other or things I'm watching, um, or my cats. Usually, they they pop up sometimes too. <laughs> wow! Well, awesome. Ev- everybody, get on that, follow, sign up for the newsletter right away. Just do that right away because it's it's an amazing it's an amazing resource, and just also the writing is just so rich and. Um, um, I would like to see a deep dive on how Sid was actually a very great character. And don't uh, start this conversation. The podcast. <laughs> we will get to the bottom end. of this. We will. His imagination. Out yeah, his imagination was great. We'll do. I will. I will go back and rewatch. Like, I will yeah. finish watching Lightyear just for you, man. We'll do a okay. Rocky, a Rocky franchise like Toy Story. Break. Yes. Oh, <laughs> so dude, Sid. But everybody. Character. Follow the Nostalgia Test on Instagram and TikTok at the Nostalgia Test. Twitter at Nostalgia Test. Get in touch with us. Get in the conversation. Get in the mix. And just follow, like, subscribe. Everybody, thank you so much. Jen, once again, thank you so much. And everybody, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please. Can I do Jen, one thing? Before- Sid, come on. You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> We do one thing. Did you know? Sorry, wait, wait, wait. Did you know? Sorry, Dan. Dan, we're uh, we're really sorry. Okay. Did you know that at Halloween time in Disneyland, they have Sid as a character walking around? Yeah, I do. I've seen that. Yeah. He's terrifying. You know that they say like he grows up to be the the garbage man who like takes care of um, the toys, the leftover, the the forgotten toys. And he's the guy that's driving the truck. That there's a theory, a fan theory that that it's him because he. He like realized like after he got scared by all the toys, like his job was like, like now to like keep, like misfits toys like alive. There's but then also, there's another theory that like yeah. that he was actually the most creative where like he would like like shutting his creativity down messed him up because like he was like yeah. taking different toys and putting them together and creating his own imagine like his imagination was creating his own toy so it was not torture it was more like he was creating new characters yeah by like stopping that is like it was stunning his growth of like a human and an artist and like then he like yeah i feel like i've seen lots of tweets about that yeah where they're like they're like why why are we squashing sid's creativity oh my god we say that now, like we weren't they weren't good parents back then like no wait all right all right save save it for the pod Save, <laughs> yeah, we have to do this. Okay. Oh, I'll just, I will do a marathon of Toy Story. That's know. like my no. You say that now. You said you wanted to do a marathon of Rocky. I have the episode Joe. exactly where you said it, and you're like, we're doing this. And then three episodes, and you're like, I fucking hate this. I don't want. I will to not hate Toy Story anymore. I will um, not hate Toy Story. I, I can't wait to cry. I just want to take a picture so I can put that out as you know, have a picture. So, all right, you, you ready, Manny? Yeah. All right, here we go. Ready, <laughs> All right. One, two, three, okay, three. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please subscribe to the Nostalgia Test podcast to know when new episodes drop. Don't forget to leave us five stars and a positive review so more people can find the podcast. Share your thoughts and memories on today's topic on our Twitter 
at Nostalgia Test and on Instagram at The Nostalgia Test. Tune in next time because you never know what pop culture will pop up on The Nostalgia Test.